0: I'm not sure what the f- this is, I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. How's it going everybody? Matt Robinson here with you. This is episode 824 of the Tall Can Audio podcast with you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall can Audio. I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you can continue to uh, check these out as we go. Uh, this one, a little off the cuff. We're testing some things. We're trying some things. We're making up for some things. Uh, those of you who caught episode 823 uh, was cut a little short. And uh, I did mention in the close of that episode that there was more that we had recorded and also more that we wanted to get to but uh, just weren't able to do it based on some technical difficulties. And I don't want to bog you down too much on what they were, but essentially, as I'm hearing Rob and myself, quite frankly, talk, it's sounding like... um, know sort of as you're fading out of out of a radio area as you're driving down the highway and and at first if you're interested in the song or whatever the person's saying you kind of listen to it a little bit and it's not too bad but it's getting gradually and gradually worse and more crackly so that's what was happening at the time and so I powered through another topic Rob wasn't hearing the noise which led me to believe that it was somewhere here in the uh in the studio cabling And uh, that wasn't too surprising as I had been screwing around with it over the weekend. Um, So powered through another topic on the Blue Jays, which I'm going to get to here in a second, hoping that it was maybe just in my headphones or something and that it wouldn't appear on the track. Right. So when I upload and edit the episode, maybe what was being, you know, that crackling wouldn't appear in the show. Maybe it was just an issue with my headphones. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It was all over the track. There was no way of editing it out. So consequently, a uh, 37-minute episode, which back in the day, I know some of you are new around here, wasn't that uncommon. We'd kind of pound out two or three or four, you know, shorter 35-minute shows uh, throughout the week and and do it that way. Over the last year or two, as scheduling has become tougher, right? People are, we're, we're now recording from home and uh, people have a lot of things going on. Lots more people are at home, right? So your house isn't necessarily as quiet as you want it to be when you're trying to record all the time. We just kind of found that the episodes were being less frequent, but longer when you did have that good recording window. So uh, 37 minutes for episode 823. Sorry about that. Uh, lots of goalie talk. Um, if you're into that and you haven't had a chance to, uh, to check it out, you can go and and still do so obviously. Um, but, uh, I thought I would step back in here because I am of course receiving the usual internet blowback on, you know, how short this episode was and, uh, how many things we didn't get to. So here we are. Uh, I will tell you before getting into the, the meat of some of this stuff, uh, Sunday night was a little rough after we recorded this um i was frustrated obviously with the uh, the technical issues that we'd had in the studio and um not, i knew i was either going to have a short episode or a lot of editing to do as i mentioned but i also knew i was going to be back under the desk restringing cable again and you know all the microphones and headphone amps and shit that are running around in here right so um i knew i had that coming and so i started to do some of the under the desk work after the episode was uh, was finished then I went out to the kitchen to, uh, to get a glass of water and I noticed that in both of my sinks, there's a couple of inches of standing water sitting there. I'm like, that's odd. And, uh, some of it had some dish water in it that I had been, or dish soap, you know, in there that I needed earlier to clean some stuff. So I check and it's not, neither of them are plugged with the actual, you know, sink plug. And so I'm like, you've got to be kidding me because this is a whole different level of mess now right I I'm okay with the the cabling and stuff in the studio at least I know there what I'm doing it's not grimy or dirty I'm looking at a sink issue I'm like I am anything but a plumber I have no idea what's happening here so you're sort of half rooting around in there looking to see if you know there's a piece of meat or something you know that's gotten lodged in there off your plate or something like that but in both sides like you when when it's in both sinks And you haven't poured any water into one of them, you know it's underneath, and this is going to be an issue. So that was, that put me in a hell of a mood late Sunday night, uh, that things were going to be grisly. The uh, studio suddenly took a back door as I had to sit around and figure out what the hell was going on with this sink. So, fun day. Uh, Lots going on, anyway. Um, Like I said, thought we would jump back in here and, um, you know, just. uh, Touch on a couple of things that we didn't get to. The main one is going to be about the Blue Jays. Before I jump into that, I do want to remind you that uh, the best way you can support the show right now is on the podcast app that you're listening on. Stop and leave a review. And I understand it might be a little <laughs> a little silly of me to ask you to tell everybody how great you think the show is uh, on the Heels of an episode ruined by technical difficulties and that came out way way shorter than the rest of them. Uh, maybe I don't have the best sense of timing, but if you would like to look past that and open up your heart just a little bit, uh, I would encourage you to leave a rating and a review on your podcast app. Apple and, and these other apps, they still take those things seriously. Uh, the more of those you can get, the more people that are enjoying the show, the further up the rankings they push you, the further up the uh, search algorithms they push you. So if you're enjoying these shows episode 823 excluded, um, maybe go ahead and uh, and hit that button for us or uh, leave a little rating, leave a review. It would help us out a lot. Certainly turn my day around if you could uh, go ahead and, uh, and go ahead with that. The Blue Jays wanted to talk a little bit about what a rough few days they've had, maybe a rough few months, sort of off the field, as it would be hard to suggest after sweeping the Braves Uh, They are now 14 and 12 this weekend, so back above 500, second in the division. Uh, The Yankees, unfortunately, who were a bit of a calamity to start, also appear to be uh, finding their groove a little bit. They're back up to 500, but uh, a good weekend for the Blue Jays. George Springer um, comes off the IL, DH is a bit, looks okay, then kind of comes up lame. We'll see what's going to happen there in terms of his health. But on field, a pretty good weekend. Above 500 for the first time all year and, you know, off and ready to go. Or I guess since uh, above 500 for the first time since the first weekend of the year, I guess would be more accurate there. But some things are going on, right? We're starting to hear about Robbie Alomar. And uh, there was another story I'm not sure if you caught. And I just wonder what this is doing, um, you know, maybe somewhat superficially. To the Blue Jays brand, right to that logo, and whether it's sort of starting to get a little nicked up, in a lot of cases, based on things that were out of their control. If we go back a month or so, maybe a little bit more than that, the Athletic did some reporting and and a couple of really good pieces that was, um, you know, instrumental in uncovering some of the really gross shit that was going on around Major League Baseball in terms of the way women reporters were being treated, the way female uh, staff were being treated. And one of the uh, people accused was an employee of the Cleveland Indians at a time where Russ Atkins and Mark Shapiro still worked there. Those two, of course, now run the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, no one, to be clear... Accused either one of them of any wrongdoing, but there's sort of a little bit of a stench that comes along with this happening under your nose and you not knowing about it, right? They weren't, um, like I said, fingered for having ignored the issue, having it brought to them and having swept it under the rug, nothing like that. But, you know, in all the articles that get written in all the conversations that go along with it. There's normally a sentence or a paragraph that ends something like, um, you know, Atkins claims, uh, now of the Toronto Blue Jays, claims to have known nothing about it. And the Blue Jays, this had nothing to do with them. But there you are, just sort of peripherally along the edges of a negative story. Um, And we fast forward a little bit. And last week, uh, Robbie Alomar was... Released by Major League Baseball, he was added to their ineligible list. He worked with them as like a consultant or something uh, down in the Caribbean and, uh, you know, kind of working for baseball and with kids and an ambassador and a trainer and things like that. Uh, Similar to what he has done a pile of times over the years for the Toronto Blue Jays, who also had him on staff as some sort of, you know, ambassador for the sport and whatever. Also had him up on their level of excellence. Um And he's everywhere. You still see Robbie Alomar all the time on tickets, on commercials for the team, Um, you know, when they want to do a retro night. It's always Robbie. He's always a part of this. Uh, He went into the Baseball Hall of Fame with the Toronto Blue Jays cap on. He is tied um, to this organization like no other he gets added to this ineligible list because of some reported sexual improprieties of his own, um, whether they were assault. Like, we don't know the details yet, yet. We know it's bad. And it's not one of these things where one person went online and said some some crazy shit and everybody flew off the handle. This appears legitimate. First of all, the first person I saw reporting on it was Shy Davidi. Shy doesn't make, Mistakes. He works for Sportsnet. He's covered this team for a very long time. If Shy Davidi reports it, it's legit. You can also look at Major League Baseball, who, before making any of these decisions, um, you know, after having had this brought to their attention, hired an outside law firm to do a bunch of investigating to find out what was going on, whether there was any truth to this, and and you know, kind of get the full lay of the land before reacting. When they got the information back from this outside law firm, they shared it with the Blue Jays, and at that time, both organizations said, yeah, this is legit, this is real, Um, and we don't want to be at all associated with, um, with any of this. So, we don't know all the details, but I can tell you right there are a couple of, you know, serious, serious red lights. Baseball buys this and says this is real. As well as um, you know, Shai Davidi's reporting. So I I don't think there's any sympathy here for Robbie Alomar. At least there shouldn't be. And again, you sort of find yourself with that Blue Jay logo, like when when news organizations are you know you put a picture of the guy in your write up or um, you know it it the story appears on Sports Center. Often as not, the guy's wearing a Blue Jays hat and whatever. This group, this Toronto Blue Jays team, has nothing to do with Robbie Alomar, right? But again, you're sort of taking this side swipe at the, at the logo or at the brand of the team. And one that's not getting as much press as I thought it would, on Saturday, it was reported um, and there was a video or a picture taken um, of... The chairman of the Blue Jays and a big wig at Rogers, Edward Rogers, uh, the son of, of course, the former uh, founder of the company, Ted Rogers. His wife posts a picture on Instagram of herself and Edward and, you know, the family is down at Mar-a-Lago and they're being photographed with Donald Trump. And this blows up on Saturday when the Blue Jays have already had a pretty rough week. Now, anyone who's listened to this show knows exactly what I think of, of Donald Trump, and quite frankly, what I think of most of his supporters at this point. I can draw the line. I can make a distinction between a reasonable conservative, a reasonable Republican, and then the type that supports Donald Trump. It's not the same thing. And so regardless of what you think politically, right, even if I'm prepared, which I'm not, because Donald Trump is gross and wanting a picture with him is pretty gross and sharing it to social media is pretty gross. Even if I was willing to push all of that to the side, why are you in Florida right now? You live in Ontario, you work in Ontario, you've been spotted in Toronto, you know, very recently. Edward Rogers is a prominent Canadian businessman. When he does things, people notice. And as far as I understand, we're locked down right now. And cross border travel is not permitted right now. And yet off he goes, Mar-a-Lago hanging out with the president. No masks either. Of course, like we're shouldn't surprise anybody. We know exactly what that shit's going to look like a party there with that group, but no masks, no nothing, but apparently no problem slipping across the border. And rubbing it in everyone's faces that uh, here's the real kicker for me. Again, even if I'm prepared to overlook his political leanings and, you know, his his apparent fondness for Donald Trump. How tone deaf are you that you posted a picture? Again, forget the forget the president. You're easily identifiable at Mar-a-Lago right now. Like, just for PR purposes, how friggin' stupid are you? You didn't think anybody was gonna notice? Maybe no one would've noticed if you didn't put it on the internet! So there he is, rubbing shoulders with, you know, just scumbags all over the place. And that, to me, is another strike against him. But I'm more pissed off, frankly, about the border thing, about the lockdown thing, that, that's being rubbed in the, the the faces of everybody. And again, that's the chairman of the Toronto Blue Jays. So here you are again, a completely innocent roster, a completely innocent coaching staff, and this this logo, this brand. I just I, I I'm sort of drawing a line that maybe isn't there, but just sort of to suggest that when you look at that Blue Jays logo, over time, you can almost see little nicks and dings around the side of it, around the edges of it, as it starts to take this kind of slow beating, right? That that just nothing big, nothing directly tied to the team, but there's shit that just keeps bouncing off of it. And that logo keeps popping up, or though that association keeps turning up in places that you really don't want it to. And I just wonder, you know, especially as we get ready to come out of the pandemic, you know, if this stuff is going to register, are we going to be just so happy to have baseball back, to be able to go to live sporting events again, that we will immediately forget all of this stuff, especially when, like I said, it doesn't have anything to do with the team. But will we immediately just get really excited to jump up and down and go to the Rogers Center and fill Edward Rogers' pockets with money again? Or will we remember this stuff and go, ah, I don't know. I can wait. I I, I really wonder what the long lasting impact of just little shots like this. Instead of one big clobbering blow that paints an entire organization as looking terrible. Like it did with the Mets. Like it did with the Indians. I wonder what happens when you're repeatedly on the peripheral of bullshit. You know, can you get that? How quickly? Can you get that stain off the logo? Because it hasn't been a real good month or two for that Blue Jays brand, for that Blue Jays logo. And they've sort of been spread um, far enough apart or been unrelated enough that we're not really drawing a line. Maybe I'm the only one drawing it, but I do wonder. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that's going to lead. Moving off of that to something, you know, maybe a little bit less heavy uh, a little bit less hypothetical. uh well, it's actually no less hypothetical. Now uh, there was an interesting, um, debate going around on Monday morning, uh, mainly on hockey Twitter about the idea. And I believe it was started on, um, on, uh, the fan five nineties morning show with our buddy, Scotty Mac, um, Scott MacArthur, who, uh, you know, one of the very first guests we ever had on this podcast. Um, and they were talking about whether or not Austin Matthews has already earned a spot on the Toronto Sports uh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, Before we get into who may or may not be on it, for me, I guess it depends on how you want to define this. Is it greatness, or does there have to be some uh, tenure and longevity tied into it as well? It's probably a combination of the two, uh, as we'll kind of look at here. But I I do... I thought it was interesting because I am sort of, I got time for the argument still, but I think I believe right now that Austin Matthews is the most talented Maple Leaf of all time. Uh, The, the, the goal scoring prowess that he has shown over the last couple of years. And certainly this year are incredible. And at the pace that he has cut in this first few years, he'll pass Matt Sundin's all-time goals record by the time he's like 27 years old. Like he doesn't even have to be here that long to achieve that. It's 27, 28, it's something like that. And if he kind of stays on, not even the pace that he's cut this year, but just the pace that he has cut since he arrived in Toronto. So that is incredible, the pace that he's doing it at. He has become a very good two-way player. You see him lifting sticks all over the place. You see the way he defends in his own end. Um, I just, I think I'm there. Now, I didn't see Teeter Kennedy, right? I didn't see Frank Mahovlich. I didn't see Dave Keon. I've seen enough classic games back in the day. Used to have that Leafs TV and they'd be showing games from the 60s or whatever. And I don't know if you're hung over enough, you sit around and watch some of them. I just think the way the league is now and with how hard it is to score, Austin Matthews is certainly the greatest Maple Leaf in my lifetime. I'm sure of that. And I, I'm i pretty sure that means of all time. Of all time. Because Sundin would have been in that conversation. Gilmore would be another one. But is it? Is there enough tenure there where he was that great? For those first two years that he was in Toronto, he was incredible. But the last couple weren't so good. And, you know, you just kind of wonder how much that's going to factor into it. To me, Matthews does need a little more tenure. But here's where it becomes complicated. Let's start to look at an all Toronto um, sports, Mount Rushmore, and the names that you're going to be looking at there. To me, the greatest Raptor that I've ever seen was obviously Kawhi Leonard. But that's one year. It's one great year where he was dominant. Um, Maybe the best player in the league that year. Guided them to a championship and then left. Can you put that guy on the Toronto Mount Rushmore? As far as greatest athletes ever that have played in Toronto, yeah, you could. But I think there needs to be some tenure there, right? I think you got to put in a few years and that's where you lose them. That's where you start probably looking at Kyle Lowry and the impact that he's had for as long as he has been here. Um, and, you know, the start of his tenure was a little rocky at times, but he is beloved now. I think Kyle Lowry is a slam dunk on the Toronto sports Mount Rushmore. Where do you want to go after that? How do you value your, your Blue Jays? I think before last Friday, you would have had a conversation about Roberto Alomar. I doubt you still would. Roger Clemens, for two years in Toronto, was dominant. Can't miss TV. Um, like everything you would ask him to be. But he leaves Toronto after two years to go sign with the Yankees. Uh, has all kinds of, you know, he gets tied up in that steroid scandal. Everything that gone, it goes on. And again, speaking of the logo getting dinged up, you know, t- the Toronto and the Blue Jays were all over that um, that report that came out that uh, that fingered Roger Clemens. So um, it's a long time ago. We w- we won't get tied up in that one. Roger Clemens, though, an all-time great who dominated while in Toronto that I don't think you'd put on there. So I guess you're looking at Joe Carter and probably Roy Halladay. Now, I guess you could do two if you wanted to. Joe Carter was a very good kind of 30 home run, 100 RBI guy in and out for a few years there with Toronto. Um, You could count on him to get that done. But we will all remember him. For that home run in game six of the 93 World Series. And that might be, I think we had this debate on the podcast uh, last summer sometime, the most iconic moment in Toronto sports history and right up there in terms of Canadian sports history. I think we talked about Donovan Bailey uh, winning the 96 100 meter dash. I think we talked about Kawhi Leonard. And his Game 7 buzzer beater against the 76ers, even though that was only in the second round, um, you know, I think that Joe Carter one stands out because of the time and place and its relevance around North America and, and everything. I'm picking Roy Halliday, but it's probably based more on my own affinity for him. I, I got no real argument against Joe Carter. Right, you could you could do that. I'm going with Roy Halliday. The time that he was in Toronto, amongst the best pitchers in baseball, every fifth day you could count on him on some bad teams at times to get it done, um, to be the hardest working guy, to just look around the field behind him, not see a very impressive roster and just go, fine, I'll do it myself and just strike out the world. Right? Was sort of what he would do. Uh, I'm picking Roy Halliday to go on my Toronto sports Mount Rushmore uh, alongside Kyle Lowry. So you got two spots left. You haven't put a leaf on there yet. And that's where this starts to get difficult. I think, like, you could make an argument. Well, I guess uh, if you wanted to be more well rounded, maybe you'd want to look at an Argonaut. And in that case, your only options probably, and uh, you could make cases for other guys, but Doug Flutie or Pinball Clemens. Uh, and pinball, still so beloved in the city, stuck around long after his playing career to coach and to be a part of the organization and to be a motivational speaker, all these things. You could put pinball on there and I might pinball might be on my Toronto sports Mount Rushmore, just so I'm not favoring the Leafs. but I could see a world where the Toronto Maple Leafs and the, the way they cast a shadow Over the Toronto sports scene, I could see a situation where you would put two Leafs on there. And if that's something you want to do, I don't begrudge it. I don't begrudge you for it. But now what do you want to do? Because I've already said, I believe Austin Matthews is the best Leaf ever. Doesn't that mean he should be on there? Well, he's been here for four years now, four full years. Is, uh, and coming up to five, certainly longer than Kawhi, certainly longer than Roger Clemens, but nowhere near the tenure of a pinball or nowhere near the tenure of um, a Kyle Lowry, a Roy Halladay. We're starting to get into that gray area. How long should it have to be or should it maybe the, the tenure doesn't matter to you at all? Matt Sundin put in a long time through some really good teams, right? couple of conference finals in there, just never got over the hump. You'd hardly blame that on him, looking at some of the slugs that he carried around on his wing there for, man, quite some time. You could put Matt Sundin on there. Before that, you're looking at Daryl Sittler's and Lanny McDonald's and Dave Keon's and George Armstrong's, um, Boreas Salmings. You're going a long way back. And that's what a Mount Rushmore should be. The Leafs have over a 100-year-long history. You should be looking deep into your history. And most of the other names on my Mount Rushmore are pretty recent. Now, some of that's unavoidable. The Toronto Raptors have only been here since 95. The Blue Jays came in in 77, but weren't relevant for seven or eight years after that. And then there were some good teams, maybe more than superstars. You could probably pick a couple other names if you wanted to out of that era of Blue Jay. I just think for me it was Roy Halladay. And like I said, I would have given the, uh, the nod to, to Joe Carter. He could be in that conversation as well. How far back should you go when you're looking at the Leafs? I guess to the to the name that you most associate uh, with the team. And so for me, it probably is Dean, but that's a very age biased thing. Now he does hold enough franchise records that it's not just like you're, I, I, I'm not picking Phil Kessel. I loved Phil, but just a very good player for, for a few years and then moved on. Whereas Dean is a franchise leader in goals and points, right? So, it's not like he doesn't deserve to be in the argument, but you do have to go, well, yeah, okay, but what does that mean up against Ted Kennedy or or George Armstrong or Frank Mahovlich or or these sorts of names, right? Um, maybe you put a goalie mask on Mount Rushmore. Maybe Cujo gets up there for his four years in Toronto. Um, I, I think it's Sundine. but I think if there were some construction delays on Mount Rushmore, if we weren't starting to build it tomorrow and it got pushed back another year or two, I think there's a real chance, a really good chance that before we start blasting into the rock that Austin Matthews has made enough of a case that it's him and he pushes Sundine off Mount Rushmore. It's an interesting debate. There's a lot of names you could throw around in there. I don't think any of mine are crazy, but I don't think they're all slam dunks. If you like Kawhi over Lowry, I understand that. There's a case to be made for that. Maybe your Mount Rushmore is just no, the absolute best players who ever played in Toronto and the amount of time they did it for is irrelevant to you. Well, now we are having different conversations, aren't we? Now you are talking about Doug Gilmore and Kawhi Leonard and Roger Clemens and and these sorts of things. I think you have to find a balance. I don't want just the most tenured guys, the longest serving guys, but I don't also want just the greatest guys. I think there has to be that balance. And so for right now, Pinball Clemens, Roy Halladay, Matt Sundine, and uh, Kyle Lowry for me. But uh, let me know what you think. We're on Twitter and, uh, and Instagram and, and Facebook, all at Tall Can Audio. So you can send us a private message there. You can send us a, a tweet or whatever you want to do. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know what your Toronto sports Mount Rushmore would look like. Uh, We haven't had any guests in the last couple of weeks as listeners have been kind enough to point out to me. This is really just the second week that that's been the case, but uh, people have been asking. We do have a couple more lined up, a couple irons in the fire. Honestly, last week, I just wanted a couple of days. Just wanted a couple of days as we had done a couple of three or four show weeks. Um, We'd had a lot of guests. All of those require some prep. And uh, so just last week, Didn't really go ahead with it. Uh, This week I had something tentative lined up, but uh, I got a little gun shy over the technical issues here. So we've pushed that back, Um, but it is still going to happen. Um, Half of the reason, if I'm being honest with you, not just to make up for the short show uh, on Monday morning, um, half the reason to do this was to make sure the issues were resolved, right? Right. I didn't want to be getting any feedback off the lines and, and stuff here in the studio. So thought we'd go ahead, do a show, make sure everything's back up and running correctly uh, before we start bringing guests back on. Because I get embarrassed easy, guys. You might not believe that, but I do. And I'd be very embarrassed to have a guest come on here and have the issues. Uh, you know, otherwise, when it's just Rob, whatever, right? Talk to that guy all the goddamn time. He'll be back next Sunday. So I didn't get too worried about it, right? Um, but we'll start to wind this down here. Uh, Michaela will be back on Friday morning. Rob will be back uh, next Monday morning. And we'll start to uh, to unveil some guests um, as we go through those shows. And uh, start to bring that back in as, as something cool. Plus, we got we got the NHL playoffs. are now just a couple of weeks away. So there'll be tons to talk about there. Things are going to get a little bit heated. Um, you've heard me talk to Michaela about... My efforts this season to not get on the roller coaster, to not follow the daily pendulum swing that Twitter and sports media likes to take you on. I've stayed fairly objective, fairly grounded most of the time. That gets thrown out the window of playoff time. We all said, everybody agreed at the beginning of the year, nothing matters for this team until the playoffs. Just get in and then we'll see what you're made of. And then everybody immediately threw that out the window and started going crazy with every goalie change, with every blown lead, with every, you know, horrible power play slump, just going nuts like we always have. Not me. I've done a good job, guys. I've stayed grounded. Unless you follow me on Twitter. Maybe maybe you disagree. But on this podcast, I've done a good job of not riding the roller coaster and uh, keeping it somewhat reasonable I fear, especially if it's the Habs, that will be thrown out the window as soon as the as uh, as soon as the playoffs start. Um, but that's still a couple weeks away, but that'll be great to talk about. We'll probably have a renewed focus on the other divisions uh, as things start to get a little more tense for them as well um, and, and ramp up. I'm, I'm intrigued in what's going on in that Eastern division and actually out in the West with Vegas and Colorado. I think that's going to be a war. I think it's only a matter, like, I think it's inevitable. Those two are playing each other in the second round, and I think that's going to be absolutely wild. So we'll have lots to uh, to talk about as we start to, to get a little bit closer. Like I said, plus some guests, plus the CFL ramping up, plus the Blue Jays in full swing, busy times around tall can audio. I hope you will subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Um, it's the best way to make sure that you don't miss any of these episodes. You're not just looking for links on social media. Uh, subscribe wherever you're hearing this, and it'll just drop right into your podcast app every Monday morning, every Friday morning, and, uh, you know, whenever we have guests as well. So uh, with that in mind, my name's Matt Robinson. Time to get out of here, and we will see you all on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. you ain't got nothing else for me to drink, I'm a whole ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass if y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.